0: Good afternoon, everybody. It's Thursday, it's 2pm, so it must be time for the Grad Cracker webinar. So today we're joined by Transport for London, or TFL. And I'm really looking forward to introducing you to the grads, Emily, Adam. Um, who Adam actually joins us from the Caribbean, so he's, he's on leave this week. So thank you, Adam, for tuning in and joining us today. You to think, it's <laughs> not 2pm for you, Adam,
1: is it? What time is it there? It's just hit 9am.
0: Nice. We, we just were a bit worried because when we got Adam on, he's like, morning girls. And we were just like, no, no, Adam, it's afternoon. <laughs> Whereabouts <laughs> in the world are you today? So thanks <laughs> Adam for joining us. And Philip as well um, also joins us on the call. So we're going to speak to all the grads about their experiences and what's what's in store for their future and um, a little bit later on in the webinar. So for now, what I'd like to do is introduce you to Zaheed, who is the graduate and apprenticeship advisor at TFL. So Zaheed, tell us a little bit more about your role.
2: Um, yeah, currently I have the fun fun uh, task of um, getting involved with colleges and schools um, and talk to young people and, and make, having given the opportunity to um, get involved with STEM opportunities and apprenticeships and graduate uh, graduates opportunities at TFL. Um, I do we do uh, we create all the, the assessments and all the uh, part prior to when you start with us and once you start with us, you become somebody else's responsibility, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's uh, basically what, what what I do in, in our team. But obviously, um, everyone else has uh, the next role.
0: Yeah, no problem at all. So, when students are now like looking at the webinars, ahead and tuning in? Are you somebody that they would um, meet during the whole application process? Uh,
2: yeah. So, uh, are we are we going through uh, uh, so the assessment process?
0: no i'm just saying it so would, would would they get to meet you during that journey and then we'll speak yeah. about that a little um, bit later on
2: the only, yeah they, they get to meet me um on occasions uh, depending on obviously uh, there is a process obviously since the world of virtual it has changed a lot more uh, yeah. there's less interaction with uh, me but more to do with the parts of the, the other parts of the business um but in the well when it was physical we had an opportunity we'd go in the office and we'd all meet each other and have a nice um introductional chat um but obviously that's that's a bit different now but it uh, obviously there is still an opportunity afterwards um and normally a, a, you know a following following a follow-ups where we uh, we do have an opportunity to meet up with the, uh, the you know all the grads and the apprentices
0: yeah, absolutely, no problem. And um, so, from are you going to put your phone on silent, Zahid? You're going to get, a, you're going to get, you're going to get a ticking off.
2: <laughs> I was
0: trying to get on silent. Getting... No, I was noticing you would like this going, to oh, cat multitask, cat multitask. And um, so. No for now what i'll do is introduce you all and um, the audience to the transport to transport for london and um, so we all know that you're responsible for looking after the planning and everyday operation of the, the capitals um transport system but can you give me some more information about tfl so for example how many people work there and um, do you have, have offices all over london just just tell the audience a little bit more about that and so he that's that's back to you
2: fair enough. um Well, there's around um, obviously never exact, but it's around 27,000 yeah. people who work for TfL. Yeah. Um, we have offices all over London, um, and mainly there's three, what we call, uh, you know, would be main offices. Um, but there's lots and lots of hub offices and depots. And, yeah. and again, you can, everyone knows about the stations and stuff like that. So with regards to the main offices, there's one in, um, one in Stratford, one in um, Southwark,
1: yeah.
2: Um, and one in I've gone blank for a second. No, it's in North Greenwich. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and uh, they are effectively our main offices for the moment. Uh, there was another one, but we we have um, and that was in uh, uh, that was right under St James Park Station. I'm um, sorry, under on top of St James Park Station, and um, that's chain, Obviously, we've sold that one now. So that was our original um, original head office, and and um, yeah, basically that's that's now. Uh, that now belongs to um, another organisation.
0: think To hotels. <laughs> As things change quickly, don't they? So what we'll do is um, we'll get to know a little bit more about TFL later on because we're going to do like a quick fire facts round um, towards the end of the webinar, so that would be quite exciting. And... Um, but for now, what I want to do is move on and meet the grads in a little bit more bit more detail. So, Emily, I'm going to start with you. Uh, could you just give us a bit of information about your background? So where you went to university and what did you study?
3: Yeah. Um, so hello, I'm Emily. I went to the University of Sheffield um, in 2015 and I studied a Master's of Engineering in Aerospace Engineering. Um, and specifically I was on the avionics stream so with a focus on communication, electronics, um, uh, computer control um,
0: and that side of things rather than the aerodynamic design. Perfect thanks Emily and Philip over to you so where did you go to uni and what did you study?
4: So hi I'm Philip, um, I went to the University of Kent and did a computer systems engineering degree so that's sort of a mixture of electrical engineering, electronics, and computer science modules. Um, I worked for two engineering companies throughout my time at university in the summer breaks. Mm-hmm. So That's how I, I did my experience. Um, then I joined TFL in 2021, earlier this year, after yeah. receiving a place in 2020. So there was a bit of a break because of COVID, um, yeah. in the hiring process, but everything was managed very well. Um, and we were all kept in the loop. And, and kept in contact with other grads
0: yeah I think that's important isn't it because it is quite an apprehensive time between being offered a position and obviously you know starting your position Mm -hmm. and Emily when did when did you start at TFL
3: um I started in 2019 so I think it's actually two years today um so my my grad scheme is actually coming to an end now yeah
0: Well, happy anniversary and congratulations for it coming to an end. (laughs) Thank you. So so from your point of view, Philip, um, you obviously had a a virtual induction and a virtual start to TFL. Yeah, yeah. And how did you find all that? So you mentioned about speaking to graduates and keeping in touch. Was all all that done by like Zoom and things like that?
4: Yeah, it was indeed. Yes. So we had to keep warm sessions so that we could talk with both new colleagues um, in the graduate scheme as a structure where you have a buddy. Who's another yeah. one of the grads who's further along in the process. Mm-hmm. I kept in contact with them. So in total, it was maybe five or six months before I started um, after receiving the job offer um, mm-hmm. because of COVID. So, yeah, those sessions were really important. Learn more about the business. Um, yeah, sort of hit the ground running when we started as well because we had lots of knowledge of the organisation.
0: Yeah, and I bet it's good that you've got that link in as well, as not it? You can always refer back to somebody if you needed, needed anything.
4: Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Philip. And last but not least, Adam, so where did you go to university? What did you study? And Adam, on a question, how long have you been at TfL?
1: So I'll go work backwards. I joined TfL (laughs) in January of this year. Yeah.
4: Um,
1: And it was meant to be September, like the normal start days, but it was pushed back because of Covid. So, yeah, again, everything's been virtual for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I studied geography and geology at the University of Manchester. And being a joint honours degree, it was focused on the physical side of geography so it was a science degree uh, um, part of the earth sciences school in manchester
0: yeah and I, i suppose that tied really well into the geology part of your degree as well
1: that's it yeah
0: yeah Perfect. Thank you very much, Adam. Um, so, what we're going to do now is just talk about the relationship between TFL and GradCracker. So, TFL have ad- advertised on GradCracker for well over five years, which means that they are in the famous GradCracker five-year club. And um, TFL, I know, Zahida that is exciting. And um, TFL also advertises, um, sorry, sponsors the GradCracker Toolkit. And um, so, that, all of that information can be found on the TFL hub on GradCracker. As, long with lots of, as, well, as well as lots of other information, um, such as things like developing new, the application process and future projects. So it's well worth, after you watch this webinar, go back and have a look at the TFL Hub um, and do some research and look at all of their opportunities. So, so here's talk about opportunities, when will you be opening this year? Um, and what sort of opportunities will you have on, on offer for our students?
2: Yeah, um, as you mentioned, We've got, um, everything will be on the Grad Cracker Hub. Um, so uh, at the moment, the grads is looking to open towards the end of October, yeah. um, maybe may end up to be early November. Um, yeah. But the actual roles, for obviously for the, that's for applications. So the actual roles would start in September, 2022. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a whole range of uh, schemes that we're opening. I think it's 13 in total. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: of, of which eight of them are specifically STEM based. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, look, I, I can list them right here. We've got um, for the IT ones, we're going to have software development, uh, technology analyst, uh, and data science, which is quite a new one.
0: Yeah, exciting. Um,
2: and then on the engineering ones, we're going to have uh, ones we have in the past, um, like engineering and technology, um, mechanical engineering, civil engineering, uh, fire engineering, and another new one, architecture.
0: Oh, okay. Which we've which,
2: which, um, which obviously been it's been quite an exciting one because a lot of people have asked about it and we've never really um, used had that part of the business asking for. Uh, additional support so it's um yeah uh, and obviously we have our i say our i say non-stem ones but they are still right. as important to us because they are um you know a, a lot of our business so we've got general management uh commercial real estate um because we do own a, a lot of land a T- a tfl yeah. um finance uh, procurement supply chain um and quantity surveying yeah so um and this year we're doing something a little different uh, mainly because obviously the pandemic called uh, you know creating the opportunity where a lot of people can't get into um you know the business to have no they haven't had any work experience etc mm-hmm. so what we're looking to do is uh introduce uh, a few more uh a summer internships yeah uh, and also um year in industries so we, we we're doing that. So for a year in for our year industries, we've got one with commercial real estate, um, our com, communications one, uh, with this our uh, so called Stuart Ross scheme, um, well, civil engineering and engineering and technology. Yeah. And for for summer, we're going to have a few placements uh, for civil engineering and just engineering and technology. So Brilliant. these are obviously additions to. The grad schemes that we already got in place, yeah, uh, and so we'd be shouting and screaming on on the on the grad cracker uh, hub about them, yeah. So we, obviously we, well, we're expecting a lot of a lot, uh, you know, a lot of applications for those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you've got some really, really interesting um, opportunities there. Just to talk about the architecture one then. So why is the demand there from the architecture and business at TfL? Is that because you're winning new projects or w- w- why is the demand in, in that section?
2: Well, we've always obviously we've always had a division which does architecture. Yeah. But the, but the projects, um, the project focus hasn't been um well, as clear-cut, maybe, maybe that's that's the difference. It's just that they they haven't required any additional staff, maybe been applying, up in, you know, applying from within
1: yeah. um,
2: or moving around, but they've actually grown their division enough to say, listen, we need um, support and we're going to support somebody for a couple of years, and then obviously um, they will get a role at TFL.
0: Fantastic. Well, exciting times to come, everybody. So just like Zaheed said, remember, um, you will be alerted if you follow TFL on Grad Cracker um, with their new opportunities. So after this webinar, go to their hub, click the follow button, and then you'll be alerted to the new opportunities. Um, for now, what I'm going to do, because I'm really excited to hear from all the grads, um, mm-hmm. is um, speak to the grads. And then Zaheed will come back to you a little bit later on to talk about the whole application process.
5: Brilliant. So, Emily and Philip, as Carla mentioned, before um, you applied to TFL, you found the roles on Gradcracker, which I know all of you did. Um, But could you just kind of talk us a bit through um, why you use Gradcracker, why you found it useful when you were looking for jobs, and maybe what was the, the bit that you found most interesting when you were using the site?
3: uh yeah I'll start (laughs) um (laughs) I do apologize okay um yeah so for me I mean obviously final year of uni was super stressful you've got so many plates to juggle you've got your dissertation exams and then this whole ominous feeling of oh my god I need to find a job as well um so for me just having that place to um have you know using grad cracker to have all of the jobs that you're interested in in one place it kind of like took away the stress of it a little bit um by being able to track things a little bit more easily and um you know helps to remember dates and it just it was just one for me I'm a bit of a scatterbrain I'm sometimes (laughs) not the most you know organized of individuals um so especially when there was so much going on in final year so for me it was just like that one less stress of where everything was in one place and I could just follow dates and not have to worry about it too much yes. yeah yeah
5: so, yeah, just to the audience that are listening uh, now. So I've probably been speaking to your quiz advisors, your tutors and lecturers over the summer, making sure I'm going to be reaching out to you all and doing lots of presentations on making sure that you understand Gradcracker and using all the features um, to its you know kind of full potential. So just like Emily said, you know, make sure you registered, make sure you're following like what Carla said, make sure you're saving the jobs to the dashboard and you're getting super organized because it definitely, Helps, doesn't it, Emily?
3: Yeah, sure. Um,
5: so Philip, come to you. Same kind of question. What did you find useful when you were using Gradcracker when you look at jobs?
4: Yeah, I definitely agree with what Emily said, but um so I like the way that you can filter by sector. Um
5: yeah.
4: and I think the layout is better than lots of other job websites out there. Um the hub structure when you filter. So if you, everyone takes a look at the TFL hub page. It's it's a really good like insight into the graduate scheme, um, and you can see sort of the application process and what development opportunities there are, and it all, it lays it out in a very uh, logical order, which I liked, um, and it talks about the business as a whole as well. So it gives you an insight into each of the companies that you look at. Yeah. So on the TFL page, it talks about our current projects and what the future projects might be, because obviously the timescales of our projects are decades sometimes so it's good Mm -hmm. to see what's on the horizon um yeah so if people go on that hub they can see the upcoming placements and the upcoming graduate jobs yeah yeah that's that's
5: good point because I always say there's two types of research isn't there this kind of researching and finding out about an employee and saying is this employer right for me and then there's the research after that say right I've made that decision I know TFL for example is right for me what else do I need to know to put a good application together Mm -hmm. and so yeah please do go through all the pages you know I've said to Carla well before these these this webinar is so much content and on there talking you through the full application process and lots of other information so do go and have a good look um, next um philip i'm going to stick with um you and emily and adam i will come to you um, but emily come back to you i know you studied aerospace as you mentioned um so shout out to everyone at sheffield i love sheffield been there a lot on campus lovely campus um so what made you move then to kind of transport sector and obviously studying aerospace what initially attracted you to tfl because it's not the obvious route
3: Yeah so for me when I was beginning to look for graduate jobs uh, a lot of the aerospace ones were kind of uh, based in you know military or defense and then obviously like the Rolls-Royce and the um, aircraft manufacturers and to be honest with you none of it really jumped out at me. I wanted you know Uh, kind of ethics and sustainability is quite important to me and I knew that I wanted a job that was going to make me feel good about going to work and and I think as I did some research uh, the kind of avionics side of my degree lends itself quite well to rail Mm -hmm. so I was like okay yeah this I think this is going to work and actually yeah it feels really positive I feel like I'm contributing something really positive helping people you know public transport is something that um, we all can relate to especially in London I'm from London yeah. as well so I've grown up using the tube so that's kind of what attracted me to TFL and to transport industry in general and yeah. now I'm here I feel like I'm definitely you know going to stay in the industry um, especially as you know sustainability is becoming such an important part of yeah. our lives so yeah that was that was the reason really
5: and I think that, you know, you're a great example of transferable skills and, you know, being able to transfer that knowledge that you've gained through your degree to put into something else. And again, I hope the students listening are aware that, you know, they can do that. And, you know, when you are going through the search on Grad Cracker, you're going to see a breadth of opportunities that stop at each one and think, is this for me? And mm-hmm. um, so really good point there, Emily, and thank you for that. Um, Philip, come back to you. Um, so you are currently on the Engineering and Technology Graduate Scheme. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a bit about um, the
4: graduate scheme and what you've experienced so far yeah so i'm a graduate trainee on the electrical stream of the gradu- of the engineering and technology graduate scheme which is a bit of a tongue twister um, <laughs> so Zahid said already that there are many different sort of streams within each of the schemes so okay. within the technology uh, engineering and technology we've got electrical systems and technology so those are the, the three streams
2: okay.
4: um, So I'll talk briefly about the structure of the Graduate Scheme because I think that's important. So it's got a really great structure. So it's eight placements over two years. Um, So every quarter, so every three months, we go on to a new placement. Um, And the scheme is very self-driven. So you can sort of, to a large extent, target what you want to do. So it's Mm -hmm. good for going in the right direction for your career aspirations and crafting the scheme to your, your sort of wants. Um, I think that it's important to say that placements are sought out by the graduate rather than being on a big list or anything. You have to use okay. networking within the organisation to, mm-hmm. to, to find your placements. Um, but you're not alone in that. You can uh, There's a support network in place. So you have a sponsor who's yeah. your line manager, who's okay. normally a more senior colleague. You have a mentor who's someone who's chartered a chartered engineer so they help you towards chartership and make sure that when you're picking your placement you have the right competencies and you're picking up all competencies as you go along Mm -hmm. and the third part of the support structure is a buddy so um, my buddy's in Emily's cohort in the year above so it's someone who's just that step ahead of you can give you that sort of peer advice rather than someone more senior in the company that you might not want to go to for certain questions like don't feel stupid you want to yeah. ask that stupid question to someone that's the person you ask it to um so yeah and there's also a large network of previous graduates which is great so some of the line managers I've had have been previous grads but going back like, 30 and 40 years so, uh, so yeah so it's it's a really good network and that's a great way of finding placements is to talk to some of the other people who've been graduates in the past um yeah. so hopefully in a bit I'll talk talk about my placements yeah
5: Oh yeah okay yeah do because I was going to ask about the placement and how you find them and you know what the process is but so yeah if we can come back to that that'd be brilliant. Adam I'm going to come back to you in the Caribbean.
1: <laughs>
5: we're actually down to some clouds in the
1: background.
5: Um, so you're currently on the general management graduate program. I am yeah tell us a bit what life is like on that program and is it similar to Philip in the sense of finding your placements and things or is it it a bit different?
1: So as the name suggests it is quite a generalist placement which really suits me um I came into the business not really knowing what direction I wanted my career to go and if I wanted to do something completely related to my degree or branch off a little bit Mm -hmm. and arguably transport and geography are well well related um So it seemed like a no brainer for me. Um, The placement itself allows me to get an opportunity to experience what we call operational placements, which is stuff to do with uh, the underground network and customer facing kind of roles, Um, but also the office side of things as well. Um, For example, working with teams, you might have never have heard of TFL consulting or investment delivery planning, which is my current team. so yeah, you really do get a breadth of experience, which is why it appealed to me, kind of allows you to find your feet. Like Philip said, you, you go and do placements where you want and source them out yourself. So it's kind of, it, it, weirdly it felt like I'm almost interviewing that person to find out yeah. is it going to suit me? Am I going to take away from that experience what I want? If not, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to find someone else. And it really is like that because as a grad, you're kind of like a free resource to a team. They welcome you with opening arms. Mm um so you know I want you to be selling yourself to me and making it sound like the placement's going to be <laughs> great and teach me you know and help me figure out what career path I want to take um so yeah that's why I chose the general management scheme and I think it is really good for someone who doesn't know exactly what they want to do whether it be related to their degree or not because you can still go and do placements related to your degree um yeah. to a certain extent I say that with a pinch of salt because obviously if you're doing engineering I couldn't go and do a placement I maybe I could but I probably couldn't do a placement with a Specifically, engineering kind of based role without having that background or knowledge in place, okay. um, but there is still a lot, a lot that you can get involved in.
5: So, in terms of then, you know, the experiences that you've had so far, have you kind of been surprised in some of the placements or experience that you've had? and you oh, I'm actually quite interested in that, and you didn't think you would be. Have you been exposed yeah, so far? You didn't think you would be interested in.
1: Yeah, nothing. Sorry, yeah. What you're, I agree with you it's things that I didn't think I'd be interested in especially with you know the consulting side of things it whenever I thought of consultancy or business consultancy it made me think of you know like business related things you know you need to know about Mm -hmm. how businesses work and develop but I don't know if it's because I studied geography because it's quite a broad degree anyway you learn a lot of different things and lots of skills that can be applied in many different fields um and you're never in kind of too deep I find with the grad scheme they're really good at appreciating that look this might be your first ever job you're fresh out of uni and easing you in and teaching you what you need to know um so I always felt comfortable never out of my you know comfort zone
3: that's
5: a good point actually that because I think sometimes as well you know when you know when you're as a student, you know, when you're applying to those roles and you're looking at your CV and thinking, I haven't got a massive amount of experience, you know, you need that, you know, the chance, you need the opportunity to gain the experience. So it's nice yeah. to have people around you knowing you that and knowing that, you know, it's, it's okay not to know and we're going to show you, you know, how to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, brilliant that,
5: that sounds good to me Adam and um, next I'm going to ask you So, Emily I'm going to come back to you first and um, could you tell um, me a bit about the pro- any projects that you've um, been on so far obviously I know you've finished your grad program now so maybe what was your favorite program or project that you've been on or placement you've been on and um, whilst in the graduate
0: scheme
3: yeah so like you said I've I've done all of my placements now um so I can look back and reflect I think. Um, there are a couple that stand out to me. I think Crossrail, I worked, um, I was taken off of, I was during COVID, I was on fellow for only three weeks. And then all of the engineering grads got put back um, to work so we could help out with Crossrail. That was one of my favorite places because um, it was a very demanding role. I think they th- kind of threw us into the deep end, but in a good way. Um, sorry some okay. feedback but I'm I can okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, okay um so I was working on um the integration between the train and the signaling system um and looking at testing and looking for we we're doing some analysis to find out some gaps in the testing we had some quite strict deadlines you know loads to do um and I feel like on crossrail we were treated as you know qualified um experienced engineers because um the, the work demand was was there um another placement that i really enjoyed um was my time in bus engineering mm-hmm. um which was uh an kind of an engineering strategy uh placement so we were looking at bus electrification um so obviously um air quality in london isn't great at the moment and buses contribute to that so we are looking at electrifying our entire fleet which is a very tricky task because buses are very big. They yeah. require massive batteries, um, and it just creates a whole horde of problems um, in such a you know condensed city. Um, more people use buses than these are underground. So um, so yeah. So that was a really interesting placement. Um, that was before COVID, so I had opportunity to meet with um, bus contractors. You know, go on sites. We were looking at where we're going to install charging infrastructure. Um, and that was one where I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it because I mm-hmm. kind of went in thinking I want to do rail, but the buses, yeah, was really interesting, um, and the whole strategy side and a lot of problem solving. Um, and then finally, my probably my favourite placement um, is the one that I've decided to take a permanent job at mm-hmm. is um, Bank Station Capacity Upgrade. Um, so I'm working on systems integration uh, bank station upgrade we're doing new tunneling works um installing a new platform uh, a whole new station um front of house um new escalators new travelators the lot um and i'm working on yeah integrating all of the subcontractors with the main contractor and again looking at testing so using what i learned on crossrail but now i'm leading and doing my own work um a bank so that's that's really great and the thing I like about banks, as well is the fact that because it's in the delivery stage um you know there's opportunity for me to go on site put my hard hat on yeah. get my orange on and yeah. and look around the platforms and and see what's changing and physically see it which has been really great especially after you know 18 months of work from home
0: so yeah I was going to ask you that, Emily, if you could get like on site and get, you know, get down and dirty and experience it. But now you are, which is fantastic. How how does it work budget wise? And do you do you get a budget for developing a certain station? How or, or how how does that work? Um, f- it, From
3: the business side? Yeah, yeah. To be totally honest with you i'm i'm not 100 sure how that's a little bit above my pay grade i think with the funding um we are i know that we fund um we all generate our own profit, so everything is funded oh, okay. from um ticket sales and i think someone mentioned previously how we've got a lot of uh, property that yeah. um we're involved with i think occasionally you would have private investors um like, for example, the Northern Line extension. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not entirely sure how it all works. Um, but a lot of it, yeah, we self-fund from ticket sales. So it was a bit of a hit when um, yeah. with COVID, obviously. But uh, luckily, these projects are are still progressing. So, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, Emily.
5: Um, and then, Philip, I'll come to you next. Um, yeah, same question. Favourite either project placement experience so far?
4: So... Yeah, unlike Emily, I'm right at the beginning of my I'm six months in. So yeah. I'll probably talk about the two placements that I've done so far. Um, so the first one I did was the Barking Riverside extension project. So in terms of funding, that's uh, like public-private partnership type of funding. So there's a big housing developer that wants to build 10,000 houses in wow. Barking Riverside area. Um, and in order to facilitate that, they need, by government regulation, to provide... Enough public transport to get to that area yeah. and to take that number of people. Mm-hmm. So they're part funding a new station. So anyone that knows uh, London Transport quite well will know that the Gospel Oak to Barking Line is an overground line that runs across <laughs> London. That's being extended out to a new site called Barking Riverside. So it's a really great first project. So it's a project engineering role. Um, so I got to see like daily progress on a project in the delivery phase, which is really, really interesting. Um, And everything's going on. So it's a really good first project to have because there's so much work with the contractors. Um, It's good to see all those relationships and and how all of that works. Yeah. Um, So I did tasks ranging from lots of compliance work, everything was being signed off at that time, Mm -hmm. uh, communications with contractors, and then given some responsibility specifying signage and electrical assets that needed to be upgraded along the line, yeah, facilitate it. Um, uh, I think, like what Emily said before about uh, ethics and the social side, I think this project has a quite a clear social benefit mm. because it's uh, revitalising an area of London that was quite deprived, um, bringing in lots of affordable housing and facilitating that with a new station. And I think that's a really positive aspect of working for. A public sector organisation
2: yeah.
4: Um, yeah, does such good work. I think you can be proud of, proud of the work we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the placement I'm on now is in a completely different area. So it's in the low voltage power team. Okay. So it's quite a complex engineering asset area. Um, lots of learning to be done um, on my side. So it's slightly more electrical than my degree was. So that means that, yeah, there's lots of learning, but my line manager is a previous grad. So she really understands that yeah, um, and is willing to put in that time for development. So I'm doing different work there, sort of analysing survey results, getting out on site and doing surveys myself.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, so I would say I'm sort of a support role in that team that you are as a graduate in most placements. Um, but, yeah, taking on more responsibilities as you go on through the scheme, I think. Yeah trying to experience things in the earlier life cycle so um you've got like detailed design uh, and feasibility much earlier on in the life cycle which is more technical work rather than the delivery phase
3: have you
5: found yourself philip throughout your placement now you're on your next one getting more confident
4: yeah definitely yeah yeah Hmm. and um all the development that goes on and the support you get from your mentor and your buddy yeah supports that Um, all of, the, all of the line managers that manage graduates are really willing to help and willing to give you that time to develop, which is, is really important.
5: Oh. Hmm. Philip, you're going to talk earlier, um, and I think I stopped you, but about getting the placements and that process and finding yeah. your own placements. So just, if you could just tell us a bit about how what that experience is like.
4: Yeah, so it's all down to networking. So you... I start off talking to my mentor. So my mentor is a chartered engineer Mm -hmm. been with TFL for 30 years. So he has lots and lots of contacts within the business. So it's a really good point to start when you're thinking about the areas. So I I said before, there were eight placements that you have to do. Four of them are in compulsory areas. Mm -hmm. You have to do one in building services, one in power, one in road or rail signalling, and one in vehicles
1: Mm
4: -hmm. so you can do those in any area within that though there's no restriction so I'm doing my power one now building services was building at the new station embarking Um, and then the other four are your free choice so you can go and explore different business areas so I'm in an engineering role I could go and do sort of a more strategy role I could Mm do one of the roles that Adam is doing Um, and and likewise like Adam said he could probably come over and do something similar to what I'm doing in a more project engineering role maybe rather than having those uh, that technical knowledge. But there's quite a lot of flexibility in, in exploring different areas of the yeah. business.
5: That's good. And then in terms of, do you think you've got an idea yet? Yeah, I know it's still a bit early, but have you got an idea where you can imagine yourself going in the next couple of placements or are you still gonna go open-minded for each one?
4: open-minded for each one sort of narrowing down as I go I think I'll do a signaling one next probably um not because it's a compulsory one just because I think it's good to get that core railway knowledge to start Mm. off because it applies to so many of the placements yeah Um, yeah I don't know where I'm going to go yet but that's the beauty of the scheme really is that you can try out loads and loads of different things yeah
5: and a quick question there do you have to relocate for each placement or can you stay where you are
4: so most of TFL engineering is based in our site at Stratford, our office at Stratford. Right. So when we're in the office, it's going to be moving around that floor. Right. Uh, and there are subsites as well. So I, I assume Emily will be working at the office at Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Adam will be working at the site in Southwark. So yeah, it, if you're in engineering and moving around engineering placements, there shouldn't be too much moving of offices. But if you're going to a site where a place is being built, then you've yeah be moving around
1: London.
5: Interesting brilliant well thank you Philip. moving on to you Adam and if you could tell us a same question favorite projects placement experience whatever so far.
1: Well as I mentioned I am only in my first year but I feel like I have a plethora of experiences to talk about. Um, My first placement was with TFL Consulting and I did really enjoy that because before coming to TFL I thought Kind of environmental consultancy would be what I wanted to do. So I knew a lot about how that kind of business in the private sector runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I joined the team, I was exposed to a lot of people who had a lot of experience in that private sector. Um, they all had pretty similar backgrounds, geography and geology and environmental sciences kind of stuff. Um, so it was really good to meet with them and kind of dip my foot into an area of the business that's quite different from the rest of TFL. I think I only really appreciate that now. I've done a couple more other placements. Yeah. But when I was first there, it, they, although they said it, I didn't know because I had no experience of other placements within TfL. I had no experience of how different areas of the business op- run and operate. Um, but yeah, Consulting was such a unique opportunity because they kind of draw on the expertise of TfL to help other countries or other companies within our country to develop their own maybe transport systems or if somebody's inter- interested in introducing you Les, let's say, they would come to TFL because we are just world leaders in a lot of this stuff, you know, dealing with large numbers of people or having proven successes in different areas of transport. Um yeah, it kind of is a no brainer that people come to TFL. But mm. even still the process of how how um TFL go to acquiring these contracts and go to getting these different um um let's say contacts and different places they can work in is it's just really unique and different to how TFL works. So there's like a bidding stage where that's the kind of work I was um, helping out with because there was no real projects operating at that time. It was all trying to get future projects. Um, But even the bidding process, um, I don't know if anyone listening is familiar with it, but it, it, it's a project in and amongst itself. You still need to do your research and speak to the people within TFL who have that knowledge and say how we can, offer our help and expertise on this particular project um yeah that that was just really a unique opportunity and and like i said now i appreciate more how unique it really was compared to the rest of the business yeah
0: that's something that i love about these webinars you know Jess. when every every week you know we're holding a different webinar with a different employer in a different sector and you know you, you'd think of tfl you'd think of like crossrail the underground you know the buses and everything else but it's the it's the like the hidden rules almost i, yeah, I just yeah. find that sort of fascinating about you know from from me looking at tfl you, you know you might not know about that the bidding structure and and everything that you've got to do behind the scenes so this is why i really enjoy doing these webinars as well because it does give the students watching a proper insight to to the the company and um, so yeah that, that insight that you've just given Adam I think a lot of people watching in from the outside won't, won't know about all of that and it's it's really good to um, tell everybody about probably like the hidden opportunities that they can go into
1: yeah
0: and I think about learning about business as well is so important because Okay, so I'm getting excited, then I'm choking. And then about business, well, then yeah, has has massive impacts, is not it? About you know the the decisions that you might make as a future leader and and all sorts. So yeah, really really good insight.
5: I think as well to add to that point, you know, you say about stuff that you learn. You know, I know I've learned listening going to the yeah, and in the webinars and presenting on them. Um, but is things like you know what you think you know about a business. Mm-hmm. Until so you hear you guys speak about a business, you think, oh, actually, you know, you think of the stereotypes, you think of the, you know, the stuff that comes to mind straight away. And, you know, it's just little things you all mention. And like you say, Carla, it's, you know, the stuff that, you know, you, you think of big organizations and sometimes you have that mindset oh you can imagine what it's like working for them are you just going to be a number is it just going to be like this and it's like actually no it's completely different yeah. to that you know we talk about this don't we I think um well Hannah does she's got a little um article post, hasn't she mm-hmm. with a center. And she's talking about small companies and large companies and I've learned so much attending these sessions and going in with that stereotype oh I already think I know what that company's about and you actually don't do you you think yeah completely different
0: um, to what you're thinking now. So, yeah, so le- leading on from that, just of you just know, Jess's thoughts of the day, <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to keep track of you, Jess. Um, lead- leading on from that, I kind of want to um, speak to the grads about your learning and development. Obviously, Philip, you've mentioned quite a few times now about having a mentor, a buddy and everything else. And I did want to touch on chartership with you because it is something that you've mentioned a couple of times during the webinar. Um, so is ship something that you are working towards achieving? Is that something that is one of your proudest achievements so far? And how, how are you getting help with that? Because if it is something that you're going through, I know a lot of our audience will want to be in that position in the future.
4: So in engineering, it's more of a long term career goal. Yeah. So, um, although we're sort of ticking off competencies and gathering evidence towards that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a longer term thing within your um, career. So I would probably aim to do it after three, four years after rolling off the grad scheme, perhaps. Because yeah. you have to get that sort of management experience for one of the competencies and mm-hmm. lots of discipline knowledge for some other competencies. Um, yeah, some people are very ambitious and can do it quite soon after after getting off the grad scheme, but yeah. so it sort of depends on the pathway you take, because
0: mm-hmm.
4: we roll off into become different engineers, sort of project engineers and discipline engineers. So, so it sort of depends on the route that you take.
0: From your experience, Philip, I'm sorry to put you on the spot if I am about this question, but do you think sometimes students might rush into or graduates might rush into chartership? Do you think it's a good idea, you know, to go through the graduate programme, experience the different areas and then obviously work towards chartership, but not to put too much pressure on yourself? Would that be something that you would suggest?
4: Um, I don't know whether you can rush into it as such because you need to tick off a lot of um, competencies. Mm. So. And it's something to keep in mind though, not university necessarily, but as you start your career, yeah, to think about filling in some of those competencies and, and sort of logging what you do as you go along. Mm. So if you've done a particular experience and you've had a particular opportunity, then just to, to know that down so that when you get to the process, so what we're often advised by our advisors is to just keep that because it's quite a um, arduous application where you have to write yeah. quite a lot about the last, however many years, five years, sometimes of your experience. So. Mm. Just to keep that record
0: yeah i suppose when you're involved in so many different projects as well it's hard to keep track isn't it about what you what you learned where and what yes. what skills you utilize where and um, so adam i'm going to go on to you now what we've learned and development from from your personal point of view you know what's the best thing that you you've learned and what did you enjoy the most so far
1: so there's loads and loads of ongoing um learning and development you can do kind of in your own time with tfl yeah. um i think By the time I complete my grad scheme it is um, compulsory for me to have completed set tests and um, courses let's say. Um, So we have this portal called eZone and through that there are just countless amounts of tests and I keep saying tests it's not tests it's learning programs just for your own personal development essentially. Um, They have information and then quizzes at the end I don't know if you've ever experienced that kind of thing before but some of them are compulsory because you just need them and I think different schemes have different compulsory parts to that Um, but I think the best thing I actually did was a um so it was with the Association for Project Management and it was I don't know if it actually counts as a chartership or not um, but they call themselves the Chartered Body for Project Management so it could be related to that and it was a Project Fundamentals course I had to do Mm -hmm. um, and that too was part of my my scheme. It's something that we have to complete. Um, but that was really insightful because the project management um, stream we kind of studied with that exam and course is directly off what TFL's project management is based off of. So TFL used something called Pathway and Pathway is based off of what I was learning. So yeah. it's applicable to everything I do in TFL, especially with my grad scheme, um, project management and that kind of thing oversees a lot of the stuff I do mm-hmm. um so it's great to get that knowledge early on and apply that to any placements going forward really um, so that was really valuable
0: you sound like my geography teacher Adam because I used to struggle quite a lot with exams and it, I just used to oh, just fall to pieces at exams and my geography teacher Mister day if you're watching me Day, he said Carla it's not an exam or a test just think of it as a quiz like, it's, it's still a test, though, Sarah, isn't it? He was like, well, yeah, Carla, but, you know, just think of it as a quiz instead. <laughs> just to try and steady my emotions.
1: Um, I just didn't want to make it sound like, yeah, there's loads of exams and tests you have to do, but that's it's really not the case.
0: So you mentioned, good, good, because nobody likes exams, including me. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned <laughs> how, I think you mentioned, Adam, about your own, doing this in your own time. Is, is that true or is it part of your, your course that you, you get allocated time to do these things?
1: No yeah it is part of your own time I mean you can have time for study leave Um, as we're talking about the grad scheme I won't mention much about the apprentice scheme because that works completely different but with the grad scheme you you do still get study leave as well so for example on the day of my project management qualification exam I I used one of my days of study leave to allow me some you know time to revise and go over some stuff beforehand Um, so yeah you still do get study leave and time like that but with regards to the e-zone stuff that that is in your own time but that doesn't mean out of work hours you know if you've got some free time waiting for a meeting or god knows what then you can use that time there to to go on e-zone and have a look through what you've got to look through basically
0: yeah and i think that's a skill as well isn't it when when you learn and when you start a job it's about time management and everything else and fitting all these little bits and pieces in um as part of your as part of the the program there and um, Emily, I'm going to move on to you now. So your training and development, best training piece of training that you've had so far and how do you think it's developed you as a person?
3: <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously I was lucky enough to start the grad scheme before um, the pandemic, which yeah. I think has made a little bit of a difference with my training. So um, when I started, I had a number of in-person training courses. Um you know relating to so for example basic track awareness so you know if you ever have to go on track as part of a project um, depot training so using the depot safely um, and others that I can't remember but lots of you know practical related you know safely working around trains. Also we did um, station training, so if I ever wanted to volunteer for a station shift I could. Um, but my favourite piece of training that I did uh, in January 2020 um, was uh, disability equality training mm-hmm. um, which was ran by a member of a disabled network who um, basically give advice to TFL about how to you know make the network more accessible and she gave a fantastic it was a full day a fantastic morning of you know um, language around disability and different types of disability and how that affects you in the workplace but also as a passenger or a user of our services Um, but the thing that really stuck with me about this piece of training um, was in the afternoon um, you then Uh, taken by a volunteer a disabled volunteer in my case it was a gentleman who was blind Mm -hmm. and he takes you on a trip around the network and he shows you how he navigates it and kind of enables you to understand the different um, sort of accessibility needs and also things that work well in the network and things that don't work so well and that's really stuck with me Mm. and so you know for the rest of my career I'm going to always think back to that day of you know thinking yeah. about accessibility because such an important part of what we do um so that's
0: my favorite piece of training but i've i've done it a lot <laughs> i get the impression emily like you do like to put that high vis on and get get down onto onto the side um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> any excuse <laughs> I thought that I used to like that when I used to work in transport I was like yeah high vis on just go go down to transport yourself <laughs> so I loved that and um, so did you find when you ch- went out without the the blind gentleman Emily did you find things that you reported back to the office straight away and thought right we need to get these things changed
3: um not so much we need to get these things changed because it was a training course I guess he was just making us aware of it, but um certain things um when you're kind of making having discussions about design and realizing like something that might seem irrelevant to me so for example um the color of the poles on a train um on the jubilee line they're gray and for somebody who is visually impaired that's um not so useful as say the yellow ones that are on the district line because um because they can you know it makes it easier to see if if you if you are so it's kind of more something that is in the back of my mind when making these decisions thinking about things and um, having conversations with people um, kind of you know it 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 makes you remember to yeah keep that it's really important so so yeah
0: yeah of course it is no thank you very much for that Emily I think I'm going to move on to um, the application process now just because I want to get that in. So Zahid, you need to take yourself off mute, my love. Um, so the application process, <laughs> I knew you'd have forgotten that. He was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like your mother. Um, so the application process is going to be, obviously, you mentioned opening up at the end of October, early November. So our students watching will receive an email and push notification so that you know that they've gone live. Um, what is the application process then? So a student applies, take us through that. So deadlines, yes. timelines
2: yeah sorry uh, basically it's a, a four stage process yeah um and so you would start with your basic application form um it's it is very basic uh we really just want to know if you are eligible you're going to yeah. have the right qualifications um and, and and that's really that's our main concern on that first on that first application form mm-hmm. um you complete that and then you will almost automatically send a link for um, your online tests your yeah. first one which is a situational strength test uh you know they give you a few situations they ask you how you would react in this situation uh, rank your answers one two three four
1: um
2: and obviously we're just we're just trying to get an understanding of the type of people that are going for the roles um and and, and obviously getting an understanding how they fit into the kind of characters we offer TFL. um the, the truth is we always say to everyone you know, just be honest. You can't really, you can't really guess what what, what we are what we're looking for. Just be honest, be yourself, uh, yeah. and and yeah, and basically, yeah, you know, we'll it'll, I'm sure it'll work out for you that mm-hmm. way around. But that's the only way to do those. Um, after that test, you've got another test um, for the grads. It's the um, you know ability test, mm-hmm. which is um, like inductive, uh, deductive reasoning. Um, uh, so that's and that's again you got a you got a week to complete that one so you've mm-hmm. obviously you obviously you're now on into but obviously if you've as soon as you've sent one in you're going to get the next one um mm-hmm. uh and following that test you're going to have um a video interview mm-hmm. now the video interview is uh, basically about your motivation we want to know why why do you want to work for tfl um and also why did you pick the scheme that you did because remember you're only going to apply for the one scheme um so why are you passionate about it what makes what makes it about you and obviously we understand a lot of people come from universities don't have um experience um you know of any work in the past we understand that that's not a problem but why are you why are you passionate about engineering what is it yeah. um, what is it what made what put you in that um in that frame of mind um and so that that's basically the video interviews basically just uh, just asks you about about your motivation um yeah. following that then we have our our final stage which is the assessment day mm-hmm. um i uh, said so it's it's still virtual um it may become a bit of a hybrid and that's being in that's in discussion at the moment but uh, during the assessment day you're going to have things like um maybe a, some sort of group exercise um a competency-based interview or a um, or, or a, a scenario-based interview um, and then you're going to have yeah, you may have to do some sort of presentation uh, which you obviously you'll get a, you know you'll get some warning about a week in advance will give you a, um, an idea of w- what the presentation will be about uh, and and you're going to have to do that and obviously you're marked on the day um, with other people on the day uh, and you might you might be doing it just one-on-one or you might have a little a uh, group, uh, uh, you know, group discussion about it, but obviously it all boils down to different schemes have different requirements, and um, you get through that and it will be, you know, welcome to CFL, <laughs> simple as <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> simple as that. So is is the application process similar for the um, placements as well, placements, internships?
2: Yeah, they'll be, they'll be um, similar. Um, obviously, the assessment day may be a little different. Yeah. Um, uh, we also may have we may have to remove the uh, the ability test m- might not exist for the uh, for them because is also you know less requirement for it, but generally it, you know they're quite similar in structure. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And thanks, Sahid, and as Jess mentioned at the beginning of the webinar as well, all of these details are on the TFL Hub. So if you are thinking, okay, so what's the structure again of the whole application process, go and check out the Hub. Um, We'll also break the webinar down into bite-sized chunks as well. So everything that Zahid just mentioned, will have its own little video about the the whole process and that'll be on the TFL Hub um, early next week. So keep an eye out for that. Now, I know you're all excited about the key facts about TFL. Sir, so, I'm going to start. Philip, I think you are the most prepped on this. So give us one exciting key fact about TFL that the audience might not know about.
4: Okay, so mine had to be about the tube because it's so old. There's so many interesting facts about the tube. Yeah. So next time anyone's out on the network, go to Sloan Square mm-hmm. tube station on the pick line um, and have a look above the platforms and you'll see a cast iron tube and it's from the early 19th century and a river's running through it. So the Westbourne River is running through that tube. So it used to feed the Serpentine Lake in Hyde Park. Oh.
0: Um,
4: in the Victorian times. Mm-hmm. And they like stopped using that because it was so polluted and they started using the Thames instead, which I think says something about how polluted it was. I
0: was just gonna ask that.
4: <laughs> the Thames was also really polluted at the time. Um, okay. So, yeah, they built the station around the river in this tube because it was in the tube underground before mm-hmm. the station was built because of all the development going on in the area. So, think- so it
0: was a, a lesser of two pollution evils, some may say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah. Perfect. I think it's
4: really interesting the amount of history we come across when we're doing the work we do. Just the other day, I was working on the Blackwall Tunnel and dug out a thing from the archive from 1940. Yeah. To read off some measurements from that design which is yeah remarkable really
0: oh, i love that sort of stuff you know like i was watching a documentary i think it was a couple of years ago about crossrail and everything that they've the, the found we've got oh, i just think it's fascinating like the history of places and you know that paperwork that you just said philip I, yeah i love stuff like that and this I, was, is
2: like... I was going to add sorry carla um there is also a, a company archives department um, okay. In TFL, and they basically have loads and loads of stuff. They obviously archive loads of um, stuff from 150 years ago to to today when yeah. TFL started. Um, and so they've got they've got things which which are you know really are, are, are basically you know a treasure trove of interesting th- into stuff in there. Um, but yeah, that's in a sense a department itself, which which obviously there's opportunities which people can get placements on. I'm sure. Uh-huh.
0: I might have to come and visit you, Zahid. You know, when when we're doing these insight days again, me and Jess will just pop down. Jess will do the insight day. Me and you can be locked up in in the archives and just having a bit of a nosy. I think that's the plan.
5: (laughs) What would actually happen, though? Say if you did find an ancient artefact. Who keeps it, or do you have to give it to say?
0: You can't just keep it. You can't just put it in your back pocket, love. It's like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you have our TFL Museum. We have our company archives. But... But but yeah, um they have between them a lot, obviously a lot of a lot of um things, but I'm guessing you'll have to give it to give it in or Probably. sell it to, I'm <laughs> Yeah, you will.
0: Can we just not encourage anybody in a grad cracker webinar just to put <laughs> stuff in the back pockets if they find these famous artifacts? Oh well, Jessica Luck said. Right, oh no. screw <laughs> around that. Um, key facts, Emily, do you want to go next, my love?
3: Uh okay. Um so yeah we always talk about how old the tube is it's the first ever the world's first metropolitan underground railway uh, and it was built the first line is metropolitan line it was built in 1863 that's my fact so I like that fact good fact
0: what was which country had the next underground do you know that
3: um ah yes I did I think it's, mm, I want to say New York, but don't fact check me because that might be a lie.
0: <laughs> okay, we won't hold you to it. We'll say New York. <laughs> on the webinar, said Nick. <laughs> yeah. Emily said. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, Adam, before you go and get a pina colada, come on, entertainers. We won't be dancing in Sorry. the
1: night. Um, I'm going to apologise quickly because our wedding has just started outside and it, the <laughs> music sounds quite loud. But let me quickly just say um, that when you see um, underground platforms or tubes in movies, it's normally not on the normal network. So TFL have some disused stations and platforms that tend to get used for movies. I don't know if they sell the space or rent it out for a period of time, but yeah, it's not actually along a platform that you might think you've been on, fortunately.
0: Oh, well, thanks for that, Adam. Ended, ended, <laughs> ending, ending on a how. <laughs> I like that. But you can, you can visit the disused
3: stations. Mm. Oh, can you I um know. i think it's called i think it's hidden london if you look up hidden london uh, you can do a tour of some of the disused stations which is really cool oh
2: yeah, yeah they still carried it on virtually uh, so they have got virtual hidden london at the moment um so yeah so that's a, that exists if you if you go online
0: oh fab yeah check it out we just might be doing that later on and um, so yeah thank you everybody for joining us today thank you to the audience Remember that the TFL webinar will be live um, on their hub tomorrow and also in the Career Centre, so take a look. Also, remember to tell Zahid that you've watched the, the famous um, GradCracker webinars when you do put your applications in. The recruiters are obviously always want to know that the fact that you've you know, taken your time out to watch these webinars with me and Jess. Um, What I do want to say as well is Grad Cracker is very, very busy at the moment. So make sure you access the website every single day. There's new opportunities, new employers going live almost daily now. And so now is the time, as Jess would say, get organised, get your applications in, start saving your jobs. And like Emily mentioned at the beginning um, of the webinar as well. And don't forget that TFL will be opening up their opportunities end of October, early November. So go and follow And next week, me and Jess are going to be joined by Renny Shaw. So Renny Shaw is one of the world's leading engineering and scientific technology companies. Same time, same place. Next Thursday at 2 p.m. So for now, thank you, Philip. Thank you, Zahid. Thank you, Emily from the United Kingdom and Jessica and Adam from the Caribbean. Have a nice holiday. (laughs) See you all soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye bye. bye. Bye.